All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today we decided to talk about concerts because I'm sure as a lot of people know, or maybe you didn't know, well, congrats, um, <laughs> August D slash Yoongi slash Suga has announced his solo tour. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. This, this was so unexpected. I mean... I know we were talking about, you know, chapter two is going to be unpredictable, but this, I mean, we've always thought about what if the members had individual solo concerts, but I don't know if people expected that Yoongi would be the one to have the first solo concert. Yeah, especially because um, somebody was uh, re-watching the BTS Festa dinner party video from last year. And Yungi was talking about, oh, you know, if I did a solo concert, I'm worried it'd be too boring. Like, what if I don't have enough material? Blah, blah, blah. Like, he made it seem like he wasn't planning to do that. He's such a liar. All like, this is the is exact lie. same thing he did with D2 when he was like, an album's not coming. And then, like, a few days after that, suddenly there's a countdown. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, maybe it should be on us for trusting him um, when he said that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it is our bad, but yeah, um, on, uh, announcing it on Valentine's Day too. What, what, what is up with that? Um, yeah, but yeah, Big Hit announced that Yugi's going on a solo tour and the stops, uh, have, that have been mentioned on the tour poster include stops in the US, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, South Korea, and Japan. And the tour starts April, so we're, you know, that's only a little less than two months away. Yeah, and I believe sales start at the beginning of next month. It depends on whether you have, like, official ARMY membership or you've uh, uh, registered for the verified fan pre-sale. And people are expecting it to be an absolute bloodbath because oh, this sure. is this is August D we're talking about. And on top of that, he's performing in arenas. So it's almost like we're going back to like 27 BTS days back when they were doing their Wings tour and their, their Love Yourself tour after that. And so like it's now gone from like stadium uh, capacity of like maybe 50K to arena capacity of like maybe 20K. And so it's clear that he's obviously, you know, gauging um, for audience to see if there's enough, you know, demand and stuff. I don't there even likely think that's will be. it. I don't think that's it. I think that BTS genuinely just likes smaller venues because from a music artist perspective, it's more intimate that way. People are closer. You can see, you know, people better. Um, I mean, I think that's why it was so characteristic of june to have a small you know indigo concert with just 200 people present oh you do have a point they do have a thing for in more intimate venues i know that's not like something that's all across the board because then you have hobie who went to Lollapalooza and performed in front of like a crowd of 100k people but that was like more his thing he was the one who wanted to get his name out there like that was kind of like the whole premise 
with his album because I remember in a lot of the interviews that he was doing around uh, his promotional cycle, he was saying that, you know, what he was doing with Jack in the Box, it was almost like his business card. Like, oh, this is what I can do. And that's also kind of why he didn't have any features on his album. It was just him. And so, you know, for him to be able to put himself out there and show other people what he could do outside of the Phantom, that's why he was taking all of these like steps to perform in places where he knows that not everybody is going to be a fan of him and stuff like that. Um, obviously with like Nam June, he chose something a little bit different. Uh, and like you said, that's why he did that uh, performance in like Rolling Hall. And like that has a seat capacity of less than 500 people. So it's like a very, very intimate setting. Like we're talking like the free American Hustle Life concert back in 2014 type intimate. Like there was not a lot of seats there. And, um, you know, yeah, Yoongi's probably going to want to be the same, I assume. Uh, Jin, I mean, he had his own way of doing it when he performed with uh, Coldplay. Uh, that was also kind of like a merging of audiences. But I feel like obviously, you know, when it comes to Coldplay and BTS, there are a lot there. There's a lot of uh, fan crossover, it seems. So like he it's not like people, you know, in the Coldplay concert wouldn't know him or wouldn't like his music, especially because like Coldplay and BTS already did a song. So it's not like they haven't been introduced already. Like it was already a thing since like, uh, what was it? 2021, I believe. Yes. Um, so yeah, there was that. But with this, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that maybe like BTS wanted to take this time to kind of go back down to their roots where they came from. And so you would be right in saying that's possibly why they're choosing smaller venues. Because uh, with, uh, you know, Yoongi, man, I just know that people are going to be fighting for those tickets, man, because there's not a lot of uh, stops because obviously it's a smaller tour, because mind you, um, it's only going to be, um, like what, so far it's US, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, Korea, Japan, that's only six countries, and um, we don't even know if there's going to be any more added, or if this is going to be it, so uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of bloodbath on the timeline when uh, sales go up. I don't even know if we're going to make it to general sale, if I'm being fully honest with you. Exactly. I I don't know. Um, I I can't really see the tour being expanded much more than it is right now. One because it just said tour, like they didn't even announce it as like a world tour. Um, yeah, just tour. Two. I remember wasn't um, Hobie saying something about how I can't remember where, but he was saying like when preparing for. A, Lollapalooza, it's like a lot different having to perform consistently for like 40 minutes to an hour straight because you're not it's not like when you're in BTS you know there's certain parts of the song that you do but then there's other parts of the song being filled up within like a three minute song so you're not constantly performing for like an hour straight however learning to you know, adjust that energy when it is just you on stage and you have to fill up the whole stage with just you and, you know, BTS has a stage presence for that. I feel like, you know, touring can become even more exhausting when it's just you. Yeah, because when, because um, for the record, we're uh, recording this on the 16th of February and Namjoon just went live for a few minutes, like an hour ago. 
and um he was talking about because uh, somebody had brought up in the live stream comments about like Yungi's tour and he was like wow like round of applause for you know Yungi because it's not easy being able to do that and he talked about how when he was in the rolling hall like he performed 10 songs and he already felt tired so like clearly like it's something that takes a lot out of them and like you said Delilah like it's different from typical BTS concerts because at least they get some form of break in between because like for example there might be rap line centric songs um, where the vocal line takes a break backstage and then the vocal line centric songs where the rap line uh, take a break backstage. And then, you know, you have times where there's solo songs that are being performed, especially during the um, uh, the Love Yourself tour, the Speak Yourself tour and um, the Map of the Soul concerts as well. And so um, they were able to get those pauses in between uh, to kind of catch their breath, change their outfits, blah, blah, blah. And like, but with, then when you have things like, for example, Hobie Palooza, you know, the whole thing with that, he was consistently performing so much. Like he only had breaks to really just change his outfit, but that was pretty much it. Um, and he had to keep that uh, energy going for the whole hour. And uh, BTS have talked about before, especially Hobie, that like, it's not easy to keep up that energy. Especially because, like, um, you know, a lot of their performances involve choreography. So usually they have to pace themselves in a way where it's like instead of giving 100% with their choreography, they give like maybe 70 or 80 and then make it look like they're giving it 100% to conserve that energy so that by the time the concert is done, they don't feel like they're on death's door, you know? I mean, they do feel tired still after their concerts, but it, it's not as bad as if like they were giving their all for every single thing. And then that's just also not good in terms of like stability. For example, if you're singing or rapping, you can't really do that well if you're there huffing and puffing into the microphone and you can't breathe, you know? You have to figure out a way to make sure that you pace yourself in a way that you have energy to do all that you envision with your concert. So we'll see how this goes for Yoongi. Yeah, and then I also, you know, wonder, yes, he got the surgery for his shoulder, but it's not permanently fixed you know there still has to be limitations on the type of um activities that he can do and he's able to perform bts activities much better now without being in as much pain as he was before but i still think um trying to limit the stress on your body is an important aspect of preventing relapse or something right um, mm. so I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be too surprised if there isn't going to be that many, um, concert dates. I mean, I feel like there already is a lot of concert dates. If you look at the time that the concert dates are happening, like they're all, they're, he's doing like several days a week for like, what was it? Like a month and a half, two months or something straight. Um, yeah. So, we'll we'll have to see. And then I think it'll be interesting to see if there's a difference between if another member announces a solo concert as well, what will that look like um, compared to, you know, the August D tour. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. There's a lot of possibilities um, to think about in the future with this. Yeah, so just for an idea, I've pulled up the tour dates on my phone right now. So... In the U.S., you've got uh, concerts from 
uh, April 26th to 27th in Belmont Park. You've got April 29th in Newark. You've got May, uh, May 3rd, 5th, and 6th in Rosemont. May 10th, 11th, uh, and 14th in Los Angeles. May 16th and 17th in Oakland. Then you have May 26th and 28th in Jakarta. Uh, June 10th and 11th in Bangkok. June 17th and 18th in Singapore. And then uh, June 24th and 25th in Seoul. And then the Japan dates haven't even been announced yet. It just says to be updated. And so this could very well pour into like maybe mid-July, I would say. So like there's a lot that he's preparing for. And then not only is it like, you know, a lot of dates, he's still doing a lot of shows. On top of that, it's also like the jet lag. So he's going from the US back into Asia. Mm -hmm. um, and that's already going to mess up his sleep schedule to begin with. And then he has to put in all this practice and rehearsal. You know, BTS, they're perfectionists. They're always spending hours on that. Um, so he's going to make sure that this concert is like going on as smoothly as possible. So, um, you know, with him, he definitely has a lot of things to worry about. So, yeah, definitely for him, it's not going to be an easy feat, but I know he's going to pull it off eventually. Oh, like it's going to be amazing. We we already know. We already know it is. Um, but I just hope that if he's not able to make it to other you know, countries by the end of the year. Because who knows, he could do, like, a part two and then, you know, do, like, summer and fall dates as well. But, like, I don't know if he wants to spend pretty much the entire second and third quarter of the year touring before enlistment. Like, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But um, I, I, I really hope that, you know, everything just goes well because... People, people don't understand, I feel like, a lot of logistics that go into not just, like, the artists traveling, because jet lag is no joke. Me and Daisy mm -hmm. both live on the east coast of the U.S., and we both have traveled to um, Asia, specifically, um, I've been to Japan. Daisy just went to Thailand. That jet lag is no joke. It will, <laughs> it will cripple you. Um... Oh, yeah. And so it could take a bit to recover. But it's not just, like, the person traveling. It's also all the staff and, like, any equipment that needs to be brought. And there's just... It's it's a lot. Touring really is a lot. And honestly, shout out to, you know, the people that are working behind the scenes to make tours happen. Because it's not easy. Yeah, like all the tech staff, all of the, you know, any backup dancers that are needed, uh, live bands as well. Like there's so many moving parts to make sure that concerts go smoothly that I feel like a lot of people don't realize. And so, yeah, again, like, like definitely give your thanks and appreciation to those people as well who try so hard to make it work behind the scenes because they they do their job especially with bts given how many moving parts there are to their concerts i mean just even for like the props that they use on stage like for example the um uh, the busan concert bro like do you know like how do you even get a school bus on stage you know like there are just so many things that like you don't even think about but then when you really sit down and like assess the situation you're like they put in all this effort to do all these different things and like there was somebody who was responsible for getting that done 
And so it's like, it makes me even more appreciative, especially because BTS put in so much effort into their concerts. So it's like good to see that like the staff that they take with them also match that effort and energy. Like it's great. A little bit off topic, but as much as I, I do like my current job and I liked my, I, I still like, I'm never going to say I liked my field of education because I think education is forever in a sense. So like I'm always learning and whatnot, but as much mm. as I, you know, love psychology and, you know, counseling and just like that whole career field at the same time, part of me does wonder what if I just stayed with like theater and did backstage mm. stuff because that was my favorite those were my highlights of high school i looked forward to spring musical every single year and i just like i don't know stage and show business it's it's a crazy world but anyway back to topic um let's <laughs> talk about um so there's been you know a lot of discourse recently that's kind of popped up um in regards to people that are aiming to attend the concert and so let's talk about who is likely to attend and i think of course you know armies of course are going to be like the number one people to attend ot7 armies i think for sure are are most likely the ones attending these concerts um but I think there's also, I feel like it needs to be a little bit more complex than that. Yeah, like, because it's one thing to say that armies will attend because, of course, armies will attend. But, you know, again, this is solo work we're talking about. So it's not simply just a matter of supporting a member of BTS while they're doing something. But also, like, you have to also prefer that member's music style. Because, like, you know, when you have BTS as a group, the music that they make is so drastically different to the music that they make on their own. I mean, you can see how the different elements of each person's music style end up amalgamating into a BTS song. But, like, separately, like, I feel like their music is just really different. Like, I mean, take Hobie's album, for example, Jack in the Box. It was just so old school hip hop like you can tell like that was what he was influenced by and you can see elements of that for example when he's um uh more when he's contributed more to a particular song for example disease like that was definitely like that song was hobie coded let's be fully honest <laughs> i mean i know that like jimin also did the bridge he did an amazing job in that bridge and he did it in three minutes what a king um but in terms of like the actual instrumentals of the song like it was so old school hip-hop and you, it just goes to show you that like you can tell which members were responsible for certain things like depending on like the production style and stuff like that um and then um yeah so when you have stuff like that then um it becomes essential that like if you're gonna go to a concert like you have to actually like this music right um and so i think that not only is it going to be you know regular armies but also people who i guess sort of bias yoongi i mean i want to say that because like i only say sort of bias instead of like fully biased because like even like the concept of biasing is kind of complicated and we've talked about it in episode two um you know how there are different elements as to why somebody might bias a certain member sometimes it's not always due to their music sometimes it might be because of their personality they might just relate to that person more 
And I don't feel like that is um, the entire criteria that would make somebody prefer a certain music style over another. Like you could relate to a particular member more and that could be your bias, but then at the same time prefer a different member's music style. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's plenty of people that maybe their bias is Jimin, but they really like Yoongi's solo work, so of course they're going to attend. That's, you know, that's the whole, that's what being an OT7 army is. You may have a bias of a specific member, but you still support all the members equally, and you still love them all the same. However, I think where it gets complicated is understanding the fact that this is going to be a rap concert Mm -hmm. and if you don't find yourself particularly inclined to listen to you know the rap lines solo albums and you don't find yourself a fan of rap music I worry that you know people are not going to have as much fun as they could And so that is kind of really where a lot of people are kind of getting into discourse about on Twitter right now. People saying that, well, you know, Yugi is, you know, a member of BTS. And so just because I don't like rap music doesn't mean I shouldn't get to attend. And this is the crux of the issue. Yeah, that pretty much just takes us straight into our next section of this episode, which is like, the current discourse going on and just the general disdain for what we call casual stand concert goers. And, um, you know, the reason why we called it that is going to be explained in a little bit. But yeah, basically, there are some people who are like, oh, just because I'm not a fan of his particular music style does not mean that I can't go to this concert. And while I do understand what they're saying i personally just do not agree i am only going to like for example like going to a concert like that's like a almost like an annual type of thing like unless you have like an extremely large amount of disposable income like concerts are something that you only go for maybe like once or twice a year um and so to be able to save up for that concert and to want to pay for a ticket to that concert like, personally, for me, I'm not going to go and pay for a concert where I know the music that they're going to be performing is not my preference. Like, I'm not going to go to a concert if I know that I'm not going to be in the audience screaming the lyrics to every single song. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, so when people say that, no, I may not prefer this music style, but I'm still going to go to support, it's like, I mean... Like, I can see where you're coming from, but, like, at the same time, if the music isn't vibing with you, that's, like, why bother? Because, especially because, like, I think that one of the greatest parts of concerts, especially, is just, like, the audience participation and being able to match the artist's energy. Like, for example, imagine if, like, people went to Hobie Palooza, but they didn't really vibe with Hobie's music. Then you wouldn't have those moments of Hobie's genuine shock on stage when you heard how loudly people were screaming to lyrics to his music. Like, you wouldn't have that. Imagine if it was just a bunch of people who just came to support Hobie but didn't really know his songs or vibe to his songs. And, like, whenever he'd ask for audience participation, it was crickets. Like, how do you think that would make him feel? And this isn't just, like, a BTS army 
discourse or a k-pop discourse no we saw this phenomenon happen um quite a few months back last year when um there was that viral video going around at uh steve lacy's concert where he had this song that like blew up on tiktok and people were attending his concerts but the only song that people knew at his concert was that TikTok song, and not oh. e- and not even the whole song, just the hook of it that they use for the TikTok sound. So like wow. in the concert, everyone would sing that part, and then right after it, it was like silence almost, because people didn't know what came next. That is literally terrible, and that just goes to show you that like TikTok, just because a sound um, from a particular song is viral on TikTok, that doesn't necessarily mean that people know the song, because sometimes that soundbite from the song is like all that people will know, and if that soundbite isn't enough to get people to listen to the whole song, frankly, I don't consider that being a fan, and I wouldn't even bother spending money on a concert. Like I said, I'm only going to be spending money on a concert if I know that I'm going to know every song or almost every single song and have a good time. Like, I don't pay for concert tickets from people who I've maybe listened to their music once or twice. I pay for concerts for artists who I have been uh, invested in for a long time that I have listened to most, if not all, of their discography. And I know and I like them as a person and I want to support them and I want to experience being in a concert space like this is just not something that i go and spend money on willy-nilly on just about any artist that has touched my spotify playlist no and so like it baffles me the way that some people will base their entire uh reasoning on why they went for a concert off of like maybe a 10 second tiktok sound like that's crazy to me and then on top of that We've also seen this discourse return like literally the other day when there was a TikTok that went viral of this woman who wanted to buy tickets to Beyonce's Renaissance con- uh, her Renaissance tour. And she was talking about how she didn't even know up to like 10 songs of Beyonce's, didn't care to know more. And honestly, I feel like she didn't even, I- I'm pretty sure she didn't even like Beyonce either. But she was still going and people were like, what the hell are you going for? You don't like her. You don't know any of her songs. Why are you up in her concert wasting space when that could go to a fan who genuinely knows and appreciates her music and Beyonce as a person? If you aren't appreciating the art, what are you going to the concert for? Because if you can't appreciate the art, then you're really just standing there. Yes, and that that comes into like the clout chasing aspect of it because her whole thing like I also got the vibe she didn't even like Beyonce but her whole thing was oh well you know it's Beyonce so like of course you have to go because she's Beyonce you know but no you don't but that's the thing no you don't you don't have to go to some super popular artist just because like to me in my eyes the only people that get a pass for attending a concert of a musician that they don't like is one people that are like accompanying someone so like a parent bringing going with Mm. their kid as like a chaperone or like a family member or something like that um and two music journalists because a lot of times 
it is their job to go to concerts and like give reviews um and that's really it <laughs> in my eyes yes yeah. yeah that's literally it like on occasion you will have people who are not as familiar with bts's music that go but more out of curiosity and like the genuine desire to want to know their music more and, and appreciate that's fine it more. too yeah that's fine. That's f- totally valid. Like, for example, there are plenty of celebrities that have gone to their concerts and just been absolutely blown away. And they were like, I wasn't expecting that. A good example is Sean Stockman from the group Boys to Men. And he went way back in like 2018. And he was like, yo, I was not expecting any of that. Like he said this on, a, I think it was an Instagram live stream. He was like, I wasn't expecting how good it was. Like when I was there, like before I even got out of the venue, I had already downloaded some of their music. Like I downloaded the albums. And then later on, he even posted a cover that he did of Serendipity by Jimin, which was so good. Like he was singing the lyrics in Korean and everything. Like he was so blown away by the fact that BTS was just so great in concert and that really inspired them to get to know about their music even more and he's still a fan to this day or for example people like uh what was it it was Stormzy uh Stormzy if you don't know he's a UK artist um he went to their concert as well in 2018 and like he posted on his Instagram story he was like nah 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 like BTS they were amazing they're fire they killed it like he was so excited even uh one of Kendrick Lamar's producers went to that concert um and he was like yep outro tier was my favorite it bangs like you can clearly see that there are people who go out of curiosity and then come out with a even broader perspective and come out appreciating the music if you are one of those people that is totally fine we're not talking about you we're talking about people who know that they don't like or prefer the music that they're supposed to be listening to and that they still go anyway simply just, just to because say they bought oh, the ticket yeah, simply because it's Augusty or it's Beyonce or whatever. And it's like, again, you don't have to go to these artists' concerts just because it's them. Like, why do you need to go simply just because everyone else is going? Like, for example, do you know how popular Harry Styles is? But guess what? You didn't see me at his concert because I don't prefer his music style. Not to say that it's bad, but it's just not something that I personally vibe with all the time. I prefer things like, for example, like... Namjoon's album, Indigo, Kobe's album, uh, Jack in the Box, like that is the type of music that I usually prefer. And so you're not going to catch me in a Harry Styles concert because that's just not the type of music that I listen to. So when people say, oh, it's them, that's why I have to go. It's like, just because it's popular, like that's so like, it's just so very superficial to me. And like, I hate to sound like everybody's parent, but it's like, if your friend was going to a concert, does that mean you have to go to the same way that if your friend was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off that bridge too? No, I think that people just need to realize that it's okay to not be part of trends and you're not going to die from it. Yes, I think that's the thing that's so annoying about it. The artificial aspect of it. And I think also the thing that, um, we were talking about earlier about, you know, the effort that goes into getting some of these big name concert tickets. Like, arguably, I feel like if concert tickets weren't as expensive as they were, you didn't have to jump through as many loopholes as they are and cross all these bridges to get these tickets in the first place. Um, then, yeah, I think, you know, some concerts, it does make sense to, you know, be kind of an open invitation for people just interested in music and have a curiosity for it 
But because you have to, you know, wake up at like five in the morning to get in the queue at this specific time in order, and you have to register for this pre-sale and be a verified fan, and that's, even when you get to the queue, you still have to put in your information as fast as possible um, and pray and hope that Ticketmaster hasn't already, you know, taken X amount of tickets to resell them at an astronomical price and maybe even then you end up having to buy the astronomically priced ticket anyway just to get any tickets um and you do all of that just to like not even know the songs that are going to be performed like the amount of effort and the amount of energy that goes into getting the ticket cannot be like, how is that justifiable? Personally, for me, I don't think that it's justifiable. I don't think it's justifiable at all. Like, not even, like, a sliver of justification. I just don't think that it, like, I just don't understand why people would go through all these hoops just to go to a concert where they know they don't vibe with the music. Like, this is the type of stuff that, like, dedicated fans would be doing. Like, for example, if BTS said today, we're going on a tour on this date at this time, I'm like, bet, like, I'm already looking up, like, what, you know, what jet, what jet, what pre-sales can I qualify for? How do I register for that? And then what time do I need to be up to be ready to go in the queue? Is my Wi-Fi strong enough? Do I need to go somewhere else with stronger Wi-Fi? Like, these are the type of things that go on in my head the second that, like, for example, somebody like BTS announces a concert date. But if I don't vibe with the person, like if I get a notification today, like I said, like if, I don't know, somebody like Harry Styles or Taylor Swift says I'm going on tour, that is not going through my head. I'm like, oh, they're going on tour. Good for them. And I keep scrolling. Like, I don't care about, you know, how I'm going to get tickets to that because I don't listen to their music. So I'm not going to feel compelled to go through all these hoops because like, what, what am I doing that for? Just to go there? I don't know any of the lyrics. I look stupid. People are going to be looking at me stupid because I don't know any of the lyrics. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be putting myself through all that, especially because like, um, if it's like a concert that's mm -hmm. not even in my city, then I'm having to go out of my way again for travel costs, whether that's driving or taking a train up to somewhere or flying somewhere. And I'm still doing all of that on top of like maybe going for like some sort of accommodation like a hotel or I have to ask to stay with a friend or family member just for this concert that I don't care about their music. Like, why am I putting myself through that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing, I mean, as psychology majors, you know, we know all about different um, cognitive dissonance and about how you know basically it's psychologically proven that if you put in a lot of effort into something and the outcome isn't that great you justify enjoying that outcome more than you should because of the effort you put into it it's like well if i didn't enjoy this then why would I have put so much effort into it? So I'm going to convince myself that I did get something good out of it because how else can I justify, you know, putting the effort that I put into it? Um, and, you know, that's why cognitive dissonance is probably one of my favorite topics in social psychology just because how people 
just behave so oddly. Um, human behavior is becomes so strange when you do something that does not match your worldview. Um, and so I can understand that maybe people go through like all of this effort and whatnot and then you know they kind of force themselves to enjoy the concert and whatnot because they paid so much money to get there and they paid so much money to travel or for the hotel and whatnot just all these factors that go into attending this concert so i can see people you know basically forcing themselves to have a good time but like why even why even do step one why even wake up at 5 a.m. to enter that ticket queue? Why even put aside the money for something that you might not enjoy? Like, before you even get to the concert, there should have been a moment where you saw the tour announcement and just been like, mm, that's neat, and moved on. Mm, and then going back to psychology and like different theories and stuff, I feel like something that also might apply to that one particular point that you just said is I just kept on thinking about like Victor Vroom's expectancy theory. <laughs> um, so for those who might not know what I'm talking about, basically what expectancy theory is, is they kind of um, equate motivation, um, kind of split into three parts. There is effort, there's performance, and then there's uh, valency. So basically the effort part is where you basically think if I put in effort, is that going to lead to like results? And then if I, you know, perform well, is that going to get me a reward? And then like, do I value that reward? It's like, so, um, you know, basically all of those things kind of lead up to uh, having motivation and the absence of one of these three things leads to zero motivation. And so I feel like at so like I just feel like they just never went through that questioning process with themselves where it's like if I put effort into getting these tickets do I expect that I'm going to get them and if I get them do I even value the reward that I've gotten and for some reason like you said like they've somehow forced themselves into thinking that yes they do care about it which leads to that motivation to go but then it's like, ugh, I just feel like after you've done all of that stuff, like, why even bother? And it just, I don't know, it just really frustrates me that there are some people trying to justify going, knowing fully well that they don't like rap-centered music. And if you don't like rap-centered music, that is fine. I understand that there are a lot of newer fans who have come in who have maybe um, come in because they're a fan of BTS's more uh, poppy music. And BTS's poppy music does slap. There's no denying that, first of all. But like if you know that pop music is really all that you like and you're not really into the more hip hop or R&B centered songs, like is there really a point of you going for this concert knowing fully well that your tastes aren't going to be catered to whatsoever? You guys know what August D sounds like. You guys know what D2 sounds like. And D3 is likely going to be in a similar vein. And that's if it comes out before the tour starts, which I'm expecting it to, but people are uh, thinking that maybe it might not. But if it does, I know for a fact it's also going to be rap centered. So why are you buying tickets? Right, exactly. Um, and uh, it's interesting. There was like a tweet today that um, people were quoting like crazy because basically someone had tweeted that, you know, telling people that they can't go is lame because Yoongi is a part of BTS and 
They said, and I quote, I haven't listened to his whole mixtape or know his songs by heart, but I want to support him and enjoy his performance. So I registered for the pre-sale. And here's the thing. If you want to support him and his performance, literally the first step of that is knowing his songs. Like, I, yeah. I, like I'm confused how you say... I want to support him, so I'm going to attend his concert. But no, I don't know what he's going to be performing at this concert. Because if you support him, shouldn't you have at least listened to his albums? Like, it's only two albums, guys. Like, it's not a lot. Yeah, two albums with 10 tracks each. Like, 20 songs. Like, that is literally, like, you've had you've had since 2016 to be listening to his music and i just don't understand how after all this time i don't actually know when this person became an army god knows but like after all this time like you still haven't made the effort to you know listen to his mixtapes in full or know any of his songs because like i said august d came out 2016 d2 came out 2020 it is currently 2023 what is the holdup? What has stopped you from exploring his music? Especially because it's like, you haven't even given his music the full chance for you to even be able to say that like you don't vibe with it. So it's like, you could still try and check out his music before the tour and think, you know what? I do like this music. And then maybe you would have um, a more valid reason to get tickets. But at the moment, it's like you haven't even listened to the mixtapes in full. So it's like, you're you're really not supporting him at the end of the day because like Delilah said that is step one and so I just I like things like that just completely baffle me and it's like if you know that you haven't listened to the music and you know you're not even gonna bother to go out of your way like what are you doing here like I don't want this to be a thing where people just go for the sake of supporting him and then you know you you get to a point where it's like he points the microphone to the audience and like nobody knows any of his lyrics like that just that I just don't want that to happen I think that like people saying that they want to support him like there are probably going to be other ways for you to support him like for example if there's going to be like a live stream of one of his concerts through whether that's Weverse or some other method that Big Hit might have planned or maybe they're planning to film one for a VOD I would rather have people support that instead of taking up space at a concert where they know that they're, they haven't listened to all of the music. I think that that's a, a way better way to support the artist in a way that's not like taking somebody else's chances away from actually going to the physical venue. So are we gatekeeping? Kind of. Yeah. yeah, I'm gatekeeping. I mean, like, I'm not even going to hide it from you. I mean, and it's a much more nuanced than, oh, well, if you, you know, don't vibe with his songs, then you shouldn't attend the concert. But, like, I, how have you not even just listened to the songs is what is what we're trying to get at. Um, if that, because how are you supposed to say you support him? If you haven't even supported him by streaming his music. And everyone knows that, you know, music is so important to him. And it, it just feels, I don't know, it almost feels disrespectful. Because BTS, they put so much work into writing and producing their albums. And that goes to their solo work as well. 
you learn about them as people. We are able to fall in love with BTS more because of their solo work, because we are able to learn and gain so much insight about who they are from the lyrics that they write. And so for you to claim that you support them, but can't even listen to one of their albums, this is where the disconnect, this is where the disconnect is. And the fact that people don't even see this disconnect when they've stated it in the same sentence, I support this, but I haven't streamed his songs, but I am still going to show that I support him by going to the concert. And it's like, okay, I mean, you skipped step one. You, you, you can do that. But are you going to have fun listening to a concert that you don't know the songs of? Or are also the fact that, you know, other armies that do know the songs, they're going to be vibing. They're going to be having fun. Are you going to be able to relate to them? Are you going to be able to feel like you belong in this space? And I know it, it kind of sounds gatekeepy to be like, oh, well, you know, your ticket could have gone to someone else. But yeah, your ticket could have gone to someone else that would have actually had more fun. Exactly. Like, there are very few artists that I will go out of my way to attend a concert for. One of them is BTS, 100%, because BTS are my favorite artists. Like, not even one of them, they just are my favorite artists. Second one is Burna Boy. Third one is Beyonce. Beyonce, tickets pending, because sales for the venue that we want haven't gone out yet. My sister trying to get tickets for those. God willing, she does, because I really want to go. Um, but then Burna Boy, I actually went to a concert um, for Burna Boy recently in December, the beginning of December. He performed in the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Man, that thing was fire. I mean, he was late as hell because for some reason there are a lot of Nigerian artists that are just always late to their own concerts for some reason. But when he did show up, it was a really good concert. Like, I knew, like, I pretty much know, like, his entire discography. Like, I lost my voice that day because I was singing so loud. And, like, there's another, there's another, a different type of energy when you're in a concert space and you hear, like, the instrumental start and you're like, I know this song. And, like, a, a switch flips in your head. Mm -hmm. And, like, suddenly everybody in the audience is singing the same thing. Like, you get, like, an adrenaline rush from that. And I feel like if you don't know the songs, it's going to be kind of awkward at the venue because I've been to places where like maybe somebody was performing and like um, I didn't know their songs. Not to say that I've gone to a concert where like I didn't know that artist, but like, for example, when artists have like opening acts and stuff um, and I'd be there and I don't really know who's singing. I don't know any of their words. So then I kind of just like stand there and I feel awkward. I feel like I'm not like getting that type of endorphin rush so it's like okay like when is the artist I actually listen to coming on like that's the kind of thoughts that run through my head mm -hmm. like so I just feel like when you go to a concert and you don't know the lyrics you don't really know the artist there's a very key part of that concert that you are missing out on especially because like 
BTS have talked about, for example, in like Burn the Stage, I know Namjoon's talked about it, where he's like, yeah, you know, sitting down and quietly enjoying a concert is good, but do I prefer that or do I prefer like deadly madness? And then he was like, I always say that I prefer the latter. So he enjoys it when people are hyped up on energy and are screaming back the lyrics and are just so excited to be there that they just like completely lose their mind. He said he loves when that happens. And can you really get that effect if you're in a venue full of people who don't really know the songs, you can't. Exactly. I think there's also another aspect of discourse about this in regards to, you know, what does it mean to be an ARMY? And I think being an ARMY is not measured by how many concerts you've been to. So just because you can get a ticket and attend the concert, You know, that doesn't mean anything clearly because anyone can attend a concert, but not everyone is actually supporting them listening to their music. If you are claiming to support them, but you haven't listened to their music, like going to a concert is, that's not the only way to support them. You can have never attended a BTS concert in your life and still support them every day. And so Mm. this idea that, oh, well, I'm going to support him by going to this concert, but you genuinely haven't been supporting him if in the past, however long you've been in ARMY, you know, you've had three years, and honestly, even more than that, um, if you count when August D dropped. So that is seven years? 2016, six, yep, so seven seven years. years. So you've had seven years of time to, you know, listen to these songs and you still haven't, then maybe you need to rethink what supporting them means and what it is that you are supporting. And a lot of people probably don't want to have that conversation with themselves because if you tell yourself, yeah, of course I love BTS, yes, I support BTS, but then you are not able to measure that support in a way that's, you know, actually impactful to them because they want people to listen to their music. They feel so happy that when armies connect to their lyrics and to the meaning of their songs, like that makes Namjoon so happy every time people, you know, bring up the lyrics. And so we know that is a fundamental part of what makes BTS special. And we know that the songs that they write, you know, are special for them and for us. And we should be able to showcase that by simply just streaming the songs and supporting their music. And so I I hope that, you know, people can have, you know, this look um, into their standing experience and think about what, how exactly are they showing their support? Because BTS are musicians first and they always will be. They, yes, they're so funny and yes, they're insanely, you know, gorgeous human beings, but they're not models first. They're not comedians first. They are musicians first. And so the number one thing 
that you should always be supporting is the music they make. Exactly. And like you said, there are plenty of armies like who have never been to a BTS concert and they support BTS way harder than people who will go to a concert and not know any of their songs and exactly. say that they support them. Like, for example, I've been in ARMY going on, what, seven years? And my first BTS concert was in 2021. Like, that was literally the first time I had ever seen BTS live. And, you know, Delilah, she's never been to a BTS concert, but she still supports BTS, like in all sorts of this like in all sorts of the word of standing like she's out there streaming their music buying their albums and like you will just see some people who say that they're fans of bts but then do none of this and yet still feel like they have the right to go and see them and it's like i just don't understand how you can justify going to a concert knowing that you don't put in this effort to get to know BTS's music or get to know them as people. And I mean, I know like for um, BTS in general, it's like kind of like a different uh, type of issue because it's a little bit more nuanced than simply like, oh, you don't stand them. Because some people are genuinely newer fans and yeah. BTS have a lot of music. So yeah. naturally to get through 10 years worth of their music, 10 years worth of their other content, um, it's hard. So I'm not going to expect like newer fans to just know every single song. That's not possible. And I'm not asking people to do that. However, if you're going to the August D tour and you're telling me that you haven't taken the time out to know his music and he only has two albums, what are you doing? And I think another aspect of this is the fact that what did you expect by tweeting this? Like, what did you think people were going to respond with by saying, yeah, I went to the concert. No, I don't know any of the songs. And, like, you get, you know, surprised if people jump you. Like, okay, you're if you're going to buy a ticket and you haven't listened to the songs that are obviously going to be performed at that concert, maybe you should keep that to yourself. Um, because... You can't be confused if people are rightfully upset with you. Yeah, some some people just really love oversharing on social media because you can even torture that information out of me. And <laughs> right. like you said, that specific tweet to our group chat, I looked at the ratio. It was disgusting. Like last time I checked that, like maybe something like, I don't know, 60 likes and like a thousand plus quote tweets. Like they... They for real got jumps. It's like, at to them. 1,910 quotes right now. Ah, that is so bad. Oh, no. It has one retweet. Oh, that is so sick. That is so sick and twisted. Oh my god, that person, now they're done for it. Like, it's over for them. It's over. And, <laughs> and so, like, it's things like that. It's like, why would you even share that? Like, knowing fully well that people are already fighting for their lives to try and get these tickets. Because, like we said, they're arena venues that Yoongi is performing at, which means that the seat capacity is way less. And therefore, not many people are going right. to get a chance to be able to see him. Like, three nights in an arena is only one night in a stadium so like that just goes to show you like the different uh seat capacities that we're working with 
Like, he has to do three shows to make up for one stadium concert. Like, that's just how different the numbers are. And so, like, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. People are going to be fighting for tickets. But, again, like, if you feel like you don't vibe with the music, just don't bother buying the ticket. Learn the music first and appreciate the music first before you think that you're ready to go for a concert. Because, again... It's not simply just buying a concert ticket because with that concert ticket, you also have to figure out how to set aside time for being able to attend that concert. And if you're in school or if you're at work, that means you have to take that time off. And then on top of that, if you mm -hmm. have to leave your city, that's travel costs. I mean, even within your city, that's still travel costs because you may have to drive there or take public transport. Honestly, public transport, I even doubt because when it's a BTS concert, like everything gets shut down. So like imagine having to go out of your way to get all these travel costs in and then if you're traveling out of the city or out of state that's finding accommodation which is extra money and then especially if it's like a flight that's already like maybe four hundred dollars that you're paying or something it depends on where you're flying from obviously but like for for um me like flights are already like a couple hundred dollars just to see like the nearest uh concert because for me I'm still debating between whether I should go to New York or whether I should go to Illinois and either way driving is not an option train is not an option bus is not an option like flying is literally the only thing i can do so like you can clearly see that like there's already all sorts of moving parts before you can even figure out yes i can mm -hmm. go to this concert and this is before pre-sale so we haven't right. bought anything yet and i'm already working this stuff out in my head so it's like I, I just don't get it. But you know what? Let's just move on to the next section before I get mad. And I say this, but I feel like I'm still going to get mad at this discourse as well. Because something else that we wanted to talk about is the discourse on concert locations. And the reason why is because, um, because he's only going to, so far, only six countries. People have expressed their upset at... Um, you know, certain tour dates not being in their country or in their continent in general. And we just wanted to talk a little bit about that. But for a disclaimer, we just want to say it is 100% okay to be upset if a concert is not in your area. That is not the people who we're trying to bash. We're not trying to bash anybody who's just, just upset. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm disappointed that he's not coming to my concert, but you know, whatever. There are other times there are people like that. We're not bashing you. Um, I think that a lot of um, what we wanted to talk about comes from people who, first of all, there was people who were trying to make it seem like Big Hit was falsely advertising this as a world tour when they didn't. Like, I remember when the announcement was made, I was going through the comments on like Big Hit music and people were like, oh, world tour, but you didn't include Europe. And I'm like, bro, it does not say world tour on that poster. Please read it again. It just says tour. It has never been advertised as anything more than just a tour. Like, we all knew that, like, this wasn't going to be going to many countries. Yeah, and then I think a lot of people bringing up the fact that something that d hasn't made a lot of sense to me is so many people are saying, oh, well, it's just they haven't been to, for example, Europe since, like, 2019, blah, 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 and... That means nothing to me because we're in a pandemic. So the gap between now and 2019 
means nothing to me because it's not the fact that, oh, they haven't been to Europe since 2019. No one's been to Europe since 2019. No one's been doing concerts until just this year and last year. I, I mean, we were supposed, I mean, Map of the Soul 7 was supposed to be huge and COVID ruined that. I, I find it so odd that like everyone has just pretended like the pandemic isn't the reason why there is such a huge gap. It's bizarre to me. Yeah, like I think that the way that people were talking about this and I think that um, something I've seen, and again, it's 100% okay to be sad that Yungi's not coming to Europe, that's fine. Um, but there were a lot of people who were um, definitely like side-eyeing European armies because of kind of like the way they phrase it. Because like you said, like they were like, oh, since 2019, we haven't had anything. And people are like, yeah, no, duh. Most countries haven't had anything since 2019. The only countries that did get something after 2019 was the USA and Korea for very obvious reasons um because the USA again you know place with the busy like biggest music industry also a country with some of the biggest demand and then you have Korea you know their actual home country of course you know not many people are going to get uh tour dates especially because like first of all it wasn't even a tour it was more just like concert stops they went to California they went to they went to Nevada and then that was it. And then they went back to Korea. They did a couple of one-off concerts and that was it. Like it wasn't like it was even like a proper tour. So it was not like there were even many opportunities from the jump because they were still having to play it safe. There were still all sorts of restrictions. Like for example, the very first Korean um, concert that they had with a live audience, like they weren't even allowed to like make noise. Like they had to use the clappers. So there were all sorts of things that they had to do um, to be able to get these concerts and still like it was only a few dates like they performed four times in LA they performed I think maybe four times as well in uh, Las Vegas and so like people were acting as if they just went on like a whole world tour during the pandemic and like they just deliberately left like certain parts out as if they were like discriminating it's like no they just didn't have many opportunities to do so because we're still in a pandemic. So like you said, when people say, oh, we haven't had this, this, and this since 2019, it's like, okay, like basically nobody has. So like, again, it means not much to me. It pretty much means nothing to me. And like, it doesn't phase me either. And there's a particular tweet that um, has really sparked a lot of um, discussion. And this person, they had tweeted, they said, I don't want to be dramatic, but I'm so exi I'm so exhausted how Hive treats European armies, African armies, and South American armies. In the last two years, we had nothing and still have nothing. The meaning to put 11 stages in the USA. Um, and this got, at the moment, it currently has 18.8K likes. So, like, it's, it's viral. And the reason why there's a lot of discussion um, by this tweet is because of the fact that they put European armies and African armies in the same boat. Because, you know, for context, Africa is a continent that BTS have not set foot in at all. And pretty much all K-pop artists haven't set foot in either. 
Um, even for Western artists, um, things like African tours, that's not a thing. Like a lot of people just don't do like massive tours like around African countries. At most, you'll get something like maybe festivals in maybe Nigeria, maybe Ghana, maybe South Africa. But like people don't really look at other African countries as potential spots for like concert dates. Like that's just not a thing. And so like and on top of that, like they don't even like get like, uh, for example, merch shipments or things like that. And they practically have to like beg cinemas to view things like to be able to view things like uh, BTS concerts that are played in cinema. And so like they really have like the shortest end of the stick in terms of uh, BTS and to be honest, other artists when it comes to like being able to see concerts and buy their merch, like there's just not a lot that is available for them in terms of options. And so for them to say, like for this person to say, oh, you know, I can't believe you're treating European armies and African armies like this. African armies, like so many of them jumped this person. They were like the nerve of you to put us into this conversation while you have had it the greatest out of all three of these continents that you just mentioned. Cause like Europe has always been consistently in uh, BTS's tour date list since 2018. And so for them to be like, oh, you know, uh, I can't believe you're treating us this way. And then grouping them in the same category as a continent of armies who have had like absolutely nothing at all. Like, let me read you uh, a couple of tweets from African armies to give you like some context. Um, so there is one person who said, none of y'all should even include African armies into anything if you don't get nothing, because even a common BT21 plushie we don't have access to. Because when y'all were getting BTS store stuff, we never complained. We only started getting albums last year. There was another one that said, African armies have never had anything at all, not just in the last two years. Y'all are only noticing now because you got nothing too. Please don't include us, bless. And another one said, the funny thing here is that if Europe were given dates, you would have never bothered to make that tweet because you don't care whether some armies have gotten sidelined or not. You privileged armies only began to care after you lost out on a date. Please don't include us in your victimizing tweets. And so basically African armies are really upset because they're like this person um, to them was using their upset and weaponizing it against Hive or Big Hit basically to complain. Meanwhile, Europe has had it like the best out of all of us. And then, you know, after this person had made this tweet that went viral, they had put a tweet under it that said, and stop criticizing European fans just to have um, and saying that you guys had a five minute appearance in a fashion show in Paris. We haven't had shows since 2019. We haven't had a European shop, too. It's not a competition to see who was worse off. And imagine saying that to people who've got nothing at all. Oh, this isn't a competition. But it's like, are they not allowed to express upset at the way that you've used them in this argument? They told you, like, look. If you people had gotten tour dates, you wouldn't have even said anything about African armies. Because to be honest, it's true. Because there have been plenty of times where African armies have expressed their upset about not being included in certain BTS things for ages. And then like these people are not out here like campaigning for African armies to be treated better. It's only now that Europeans are not on the list of this tour that suddenly they're including Africans in the conversation when it's like they weren't doing that before. So there is nuance to this conversation. It's not simply just jumping this person simply just because, 
but because of that context that is there where it's like you guys don't care about us when you're included in things but now that you're not included you want to act like you're in the same boat as us when you're not and i think that that is where the problem lies yes and in fact to further um supplement the sentiment that a lot of african armies have been voicing i'm gonna bring up their world tour list right now okay and so let's start with um the wings tour that uh, took place in 2017. And these are, I'm gonna name the non-US and non-Asia stops. So we had two dates in Chile and two dates in Brazil and one date in Australia. Um, and so I think that was pretty much all of the dates for the Wings tour. And honestly, I'm not surprised Europe wasn't in that tour just because Europe was never seen as having, even though there were always European K-pop fans, I feel like European um, like organizers just didn't see that demand um, mm. because I feel like people were going to South America, but never like Europe. And so, yeah, we did get South America tour dates in 2017. And so now we get to the Love Yourself World Tour. So this was, of course, in 2018. And we had three dates in Canada, two dates in um, England, London, one date in Amsterdam, Netherlands, two dates in Germany, Berlin, and two dates in Paris, France. Um, that was the Love Yourself Tour from 2018 to 2019, okay? And then the Love Yourself, Speak Yourself Tour in 2019, we had, let me see, where is the dates? We had two dates in Sao Paulo, so two dates in Brazil, two dates in London, two dates in Paris, um, one date in Saudi Arabia. And then we get to Map of the Soul Tour. And Map of the Soul Tour, which of course, unfortunately, you know, was canceled because of COVID. We mm -hmm. had announced um, two dates in Canada, two dates in London, uh, one date in Rotterdam, Netherlands, two dates in Berlin, Germany, two dates in Barcelona, Spain. Um, and that was supposed to be, you know, the, the tour for 2020. And so Europeans were going to get their dates. Um, but of course, COVID happened. And as we can see um, from 2018, um, which would make sense because that's when BTS really blew up in the global sphere, uh, Europe was always included. Um, I know other K-pop groups have been stingy about Europe, and so maybe because of that discourse about how, oh, K-pop groups don't really go to Europe and stuff, people have been bringing BTS into the conversation, but European armies, to act like they haven't been given opportunities, especially on the same level as um, African armies and South American armies, that doesn't make any sense. 
South American armies and European armies have had opportunities, and I'm sorry that one of those opportunities was foiled because of, once again, a global pandemic. But to, to frame this as, oh, you've been purposely excluded for four years, it, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not true. Like, the framing of it and the taking it out of context of a global pandemic is just absolutely unfair. And I think that the backlash of the tour dates are, is completely overblown, especially because one, this is just supposed to be a world tour. I mean, this is not supposed to be a world tour. It was just announced as a tour. And second of all, I'm kind of surprised it's not just a Korean Japan tour because that's kind of how a lot of solo type concerts go for Korean artists. They usually don't go to like this many um, stops. And if they, and, and I mean, there are some that do, like I know um, Sunmi has done quite a few um, tour dates um, back in 2018. There were like US and Europe dates um, back then. But you know, this once again is supposed to be almost like a, present to armies before Yungi leaves by the end of the year. And so I'm not too surprised that these are the current dates we have. And we still don't even have the dates for Japan, so that's not even finalized yet. So maybe we'll end up getting more dates. And if we don't, I think that's fine too. But the idea that European armies are getting the short end of the stick is factually untrue because in old tours since 2018 so 2018 2019 and 2020 europe was included in all of those tour stops and of course yeah. we know the 2021 yes uh, not 2021 but the 2021 um the 2020 tour you know was canceled but once again it's because of a global pandemic. So to say, oh, you know, it's not fair that European armies haven't gotten anything since 2019. Like, no, duh, you haven't gotten anything since 2019. No one has. Yeah, literally the only two countries that have gotten anything since 2019 were the US and Korea. And honestly, if BTS, I don't even know if BTS would have even planned to do an extra like PTD uh, concert run in Vegas if they weren't going already for the Grammys. Right. They planned to go there. Like that was the only reason. Like they literally had their concert in the same exact venue that the Grammy live play was going on. So like um, the fact that, um, oh no, sorry, they had their live play in the same venue that the Grammys was in is what I meant to say. But, like, the fact that they're able to do that and then, um, you know, they were able to head back after a few concert dates. Like, I don't even think that would have been, I don't even think they would have considered it if they weren't already going to be there. So it was more of like, oh, you know, we're going to do this anyway. Let's add some extra concert dates. Right. Because, you know, it was only at the end of um, the year before that, you know, they got their nominations. So I think once they got their nominations, that's when we, that's when they probably said, okay, if we got our nominations, that means we're attending. And if we're attending, that means that we can add some extra concert dates. So, like, I feel like if they didn't get that nomination, they probably just would have left it at the PTD concerts in L.A. That's personally my theory. Obviously, it may not be true. But personally, that's just how I see the situation. 
And so, like, for people to act like this was just, like, some big elaborate tour that BTS went on from 2021 to 2022 and that they just purposely left out Europe, it's like, no. They went to two countries and every other country did not get anything, but somehow Europe took that as, like, a specific slight to them when it literally was not. And I think, again, them putting themselves in the same boats as armies who have gotten literally nothing, not even BT21 merch, is absolutely insane. And then to go and tell those same people who are telling you to leave them out of the conversation that it's not a contest to see who's had it the worst, it's like, what a terrible way to respond to people. Like, I feel that's just incredibly insensitive. And I just don't understand how that is your reaction instead of being like, okay, I understand that grouping myself in with you guys who've gotten nothing may be a little bit inconsiderate. And so I apologize for doing that. No, they just doubled down and said, um, maybe you guys should just be more considerate of European armies. And it's like, how about you be more considerate of the people who have nothing and are telling you to stop involving them in your arguments? Because most of the African armies I saw in the quote tweets of that one person, like, they were barely even faced by the fact that he wasn't doing concerts in Africa. Obviously, they could be disappointed. Like, some of them were like, oh, yeah, it's sad that he's not coming here. But then these people were like, we're literally not even complaining as hard as you, and yet you still bring us into this conversation when we didn't ask to be here. We're not even as mad as you guys are, and yet still you're using us for pity points from other people when you guys have always had the privilege of being included in concerts since 2018. So, like, it's simply just more nuanced than, oh, you guys are just, like, being angry at this person for no reason. Like, they're upset. You should have more sympathy. It's like, no, there is nuance to this. And I think that by adding in African armies and South American armies into that conversation, they then have more leverage to be able to solidify their argument. Because if it was simply just oh, HYBE has been treating European armies like trash, we haven't gotten anything since 2019. I feel like they would have gotten jumped a lot more than they actually did for their tweet. Um, but I think it's because they put African armies and South African armies into that tweet as well. That kind of prevented them from getting jumped as hard because people can't refute that African armies and uh, South, South American armies haven't gotten as much um, compared to other continents. Um, but we can refute European armies. And so I feel like by doing that, even if it may not have been intentional on their part, but I just do feel, although personally, I feel like it was a little bit calculated adding those two continents in there to make it so that people would likely refute them less. And so that's why I feel like it's gotten as much clout as it did. But yeah, I just feel like that tweet was just a completely ridiculous way to look at it, especially because like, I just know for a fact that this person is European um, because they like, because the fact that they, first of all, they put their continent first. They were saying, oh, sick of the way that high or big hit treats European, African and South American armies. Like they put themselves first in that conversation when they're not even the people who've had it the worst. And like that just like, I remember just reading it the first time and I was just so unexplicably mad. Like I was just thinking like, there's no way that this person is out here making Europeans like one of the biggest victims of this tour when that's just literally not true. I think it's just so short-sighted. I, I think either like they, like, I don't know if maybe they're just like a newer army or you know, once again, their brain has been corroded by the pandemic as I think a lot of people's brains have been just based on the discourse we've been having. But I, I think you are allowed to feel disappointed that 
Yoongi doesn't have any European stops. Um, I think that's perfectly allowed. However, you just sound really ignorant by... Even if it, it doesn't matter if it wasn't intentional, you still put yourself in the same boat as um, African and South American armies, regardless of your intentions. And the fact that you have been consistently included in all the tour dates since 2018, like, of course people are going to side-eye you. And once again, the since 2019 comment just makes no sense to me. Like, it really doesn't. Like, I don't understand, like, to me, like, the past, like, two, three years can be condensed in, like, one year, pretty much, because everything, you know, was just so condensed and packed together because of a global pandemic that, I mean, does it, it, it doesn't really count to me. Like, when you calculate it, that's coming on, you know, four years ago. But two of those years, honestly, two to three of those years, um, it was cut short. Um, not two to three, honestly three, because it was really beginning of 2020 where everything started to go absolutely downhill. Um, and COVID-19, you know, was traced back to beginning around December 2019, but it really started to spread beginning of 2020. Um, and so, yeah, you haven't gotten anything since 2019 because no one has been touring the past two, three years. And then I also feel like part of it is once again a bit of like K-pop mentality um, mm. because other K-pop groups um, are not announcing Europe stops in their tours. But, like, what's that got to do with, with with this August D tour? Absolutely nothing. Why are you taking out your frustrations about, you know, other, you know, K-pop groups and what they're doing and just projecting that onto BTS is what's happening. Yeah, so I guess the bottom line of what I wanted to get to with that tweet is, like, you can be upset, but to be honest, just speak for yourself. Like, don't be including other people in the conversation who didn't want to be a part of that conversation and weaponizing their anger and their hurt to make your point more solidified. If you wanted to say you were upset as a European army, then just say that. There are plenty of people who, when I said, oh, I'm going to try and go for the Chicago date or the... Um, the the Belmont Park date, like people were like, oh, you know, I wish she was coming to Europe. That is fine. You're allowed to say that. But to kind of be inserting other people into the conversation, like just don't do that. Just speak for yourself if you want to be upset. If you want to say, I wish BTS came to Europe, then just say that. Stop <sighs> including African armies and other types of armies from other continents into your problems especially when you've had it better than all of them and like you're trying to put yourself into like their same situation because it just doesn't work and that's why people are jumping you not enough i think i think that tweet actually got way too much clout for my liking i think that more people need to talk about like the nuance of that conversation but like bottom line is that like just say that you're upset you don't have to make other people upset on your behalf or project your upset onto other people. I just don't like the way that they did that. 
Daisy, people are out here lying because I just saw a tweet that says, quote, in the 10 years of their career, Europe was included to total one BTS tour. We pay for everything, triple the price, but some of y'all want to act as if Europe is privileged because we got Fashion Week views on the other end of the continent with five days notice. Be for real. Well, everyone, as we all know, several minutes ago, I just cited BTS's tour um, stops and Europe was included in three tours, not one. So uh, people are just out here lying. Mm. Yeah, just lying for hit tweets. Like, do you see the type of ridiculousness that it has caused? I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. European armies have been privileged. The fact that now it's gone to a point that whenever BTS have a tour, they are 100% guaranteed going to be included. And again, they're still trying to make themselves seem as oppressed as South American armies or even African armies. Like that type of stuff, like be, no, you need to be for real at this point. Like whoever tweeted that, I'm sorry, it just does not sit well with me. The way that European armies are trying to make themselves seem like the biggest underdogs. Like, no, you are not. Like, acknowledge the fact that you have had dates. And I understand that Europe is a big country. And so people from the east side of Europe may find it more difficult to travel for concerts. But the bottom line is that you people as a continent have been included. There are countries, uh, sorry, not even countries, the con continents such as Africa, who will most likely never be included in this. And the fact that you feel like you're the same as them, you're not. Just acknowledge that. Exactly. Um, and it's funny, someone um, is being jumped right now because uh, they said, well, maybe Europe doesn't have the facilities, logistics, or safety for a BTS tour. Ever think about that? And oh. people are jumping them. And for people who are don't understand the sarcasm of this tweet, is usually when African armies would, you know, question, oh, why doesn't BTS come to South Africa or Nigeria, somewhere where they know there's infrastructure in place to have, you know, a large concert. A lot of people like to depict African countries as just not having the logistics in place for concerts to happen. And so this is clearly making fun of, um, because people have been throwing that at African armies. Now they're throwing it back at the European armies right now. So it's, it's a very funny tweet that um, a lot of people are not getting the joke, but honestly, I think deserved. Um, everyone Literally. who's listening to it, if you are a European army, if you're from Europe, listen, you've been included for every, you know, recent concert tour. You've never been excluded. And so to frame it like you have is just absolutely wrong. This person is trying to claim that Europe's only been included in one tour and we just read that Europe was in three tours consistently 2018, 2019, and supposed to be 2020. But I'm sorry, COVID-19 happened. What do you want BTS to do about that? Literally, like, it's so funny now that people are getting mad at uh, this person for giving uh, others like a taste of their own medicine. Like, 
I think that, like you said, Delilah, people didn't understand the joke. Because, like, so many African armies, when they are questioned, like, when they're questioning why there aren't concerts in their continent, that's what everyone loves to default to. They automatically start making all these think piece threads about here's why Africa is unsafe for BTS to go to and here's why the infrastructure isn't as good and this is why they absolutely cannot have any concerts here whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, I feel like the, you know, in terms of like discussions on like infrastructure and safety, like those are nuanced topics in itself, but then people make it such a black and white thing that like Africa is either as a whole uh, too dangerous or as a whole just doesn't have the proper infrastructure when there have been plenty of uh, instances of people having uh, concerts or holding events in African countries such as Nigeria or Ghana or South Africa like you can look up all the types of festivals that have happened in those types of countries it has been present so there is infrastructure in place um, so when people act like it's just not present whatsoever, it does paint this picture of Africa as a constantly underdeveloped, starving third world country, when I feel like this is just really not the take we need to be having. Acting as if everybody here is living in the middle of the forest or in deserts in tents or mud huts and not to say that people still don't do that there are people who live in specific tribes that do have their own ways of living that have their own types of styles of architecture and you know their lifestyles in general but like people just constantly act like there aren't very developed parts of africa and i think that that's where the problem lies and I'm not going to go and be that person to say, oh, we're not all poor in Africa because we live in neighborhoods and have stuff like that, because there still is definitely a lot of places where poverty exists. Like, for example, Nigeria, like you can point to plenty of people who live in two story houses the same way that I can point to a bunch of people who are homeless. Like, that's just how it is. But it's I think the problem is that it's very black and white and some people either want to say Africa is totally developed and there's absolutely zero problems with infrastructure or safety or anything. And then the other side where people are like Africa is totally dangerous and unsafe and there's zero infrastructure, therefore BTS cannot come here. And I feel like this is also similar vibes to the way that people treated uh, BTS when they had their um, concert stop in Saudi Arabia. Like the whole hashtag mm -hmm. BTS don't go thing where people try to say, oh, you know, BTS going to Saudi Arabia is them supporting all sorts of uh, problematic ideals uh, like, uh, what was it, something like misogyny and also terrorism and that kind of stuff. And it's like, what the, what the hell? Like the amount of Islamophobia I saw um, in terms of that hashtag BTS don't go hashtag, um, especially because of the, um, the amount of non-armies that were trying to take part in it, trying to make BTS look bad. And the same thing kind of happened with Qatar. Oh, you know, if a Junka goes to perform at uh, Qatar in the World Cup, that means he supports homophobia, says Sally, who's speaking from the U.S. that is also equally as homophobic. Like, I don't think you people understand that, like, there are plenty of parts of different countries that have the exact same problems as the ones that you say are in quote-unquote uh, underdeveloped Africa or in places like uh, Qatar or in Saudi Arabia. And it's like... We can still go to those places, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we support problematic ideals. 
Um, for example, like Delilah and I, we live in the U.S., but that doesn't mean that we're gun-toting, proud-to-be-American women who are, I don't know, against abortion and who don't care about women's rights. Like, the, like it's just crazy, like, the jumps in logic that people make uh, to justify why BTS can't go or shouldn't go to certain places. And I think that's really the crux of the issue with this discourse. Right. And so if you're European and listening to this, I just take a step back and really examine the actuality of the situations. Acknowledge that, you know, there's been a huge gap for everyone involved because of COVID, of course. And then also acknowledge the fact that you're not in the same boat as um, African armies or even uh, South Asian armies. Like, I, you know how many um, fans from India and Pakistan, uh, how many armies are in those countries? Heck, I think even on this podcast, like, our second or third most, um, third most percentage of listeners comes from India. And BTS hasn't had a concert there, and I never see them shaking, crying, and throwing up either. Yeah, they were unfortunately almost about to be included, Indian armies were, because they were supposed to go to India for Map of the Soul, but then obviously COVID-19 happened, they got canceled. But I promise you, Indian armies do not give up hope. The next tour that happens with BTS, I 100% guarantee that they're going to look at India again, and I hope you guys get your concert dates. But yeah, that's like, yeah, one of the, you know, things uh, that people were talking about uh, within the past couple of days. And another thing is that because of all of this frustration that people have, um, because of the fact that Yoongi isn't coming to their concert, there have been some people, I'm not saying all of them, just there is a percentage of people who were taking their anger out on armies who have done absolutely nothing but, you know, say that they were going to go to Yoongi's concert and that they were excited to go. So it's like these people would simply just be tweeting about, oh, I'm going to try and go for this concert in this area. And like they were getting jumped simply for saying that because people were angry that they were going to the concert and they weren't. Like, so for example, there is this one person who um, was tweeting about how excited they were to go to the concert and they were getting like death threats from other people because like I just don't know how you have managed to misplace your anger so much to the point where it's like you're just going for innocent people saying that they are going to try and go for a specific concert date and because you're mad that you're not going that you just have to be that rude and that disrespectful that you have to go as far as like threatening somebody else because of the fact that they're going what's that about right exactly i i really need people to examine themselves and examine you know how they it's not really as big of a deal as they're making it it the fact that people have had these opportunities and they do in the past much more than other armies that they're trying to put themselves in the same boat as they have had in the past um the ability to attend bts concerts consistently not just like a one-off thing for three years in a row it was supposed to be you know three years in a row but once again covid 
Um, no, you're not being purposely excluded. And I think that's the actual main crux of the issue is that people are taking it as a personal attack that like big hit is purposely, you know, ignoring Europe. Yeah, I think that that's like a really big issue. Um, and so I just think that a lot of people, because of the fact that they're not included, they're taking it as like a personal slight. And I think that it's a little bit more nuanced with like, for example, the African army discourse. I'm not even going to touch that and say that it's like people who are taking it as a personal offense, because I think that African armies do have a right to be upset with the lack of things that they're getting. That's like a completely different conversation. So this is not about them. But like, for example, in the sense of like European armies acting like it's a personal slight, when again, we've just explained that it is not and that you know, just because you haven't been included, that doesn't mean that Big Hit necessarily hates your continent or that they think that there's not enough demand there. I think that they just had a conversation about like, what are the biggest dates that we can have? And they just chose, you know, um, US, Korea, and then neighboring countries around Korea. And, you know, given that, you know, there's going to be like a lot of traveling done, it makes sense. And again, they said that it wasn't going to be a world tour. It's just a tour. So they picked some of the biggest spots. And then that's just that's just what what happened. That's just how it happened. Like, I just don't know how else to explain it to people. And so like it's just gone to the point where people are going back and forth with each other over nothing. And I feel like it's just so pointless because I feel like instead of being happy that Yoongi is able to tour around to the place that he's going to, that all of it is just like the whole timeline is just filled with like negativity, whether it's people expressing, um, you know, that they hate Big Hit or that they hate Hive for doing this, um, or that pe or it's people posting about like the animosity that they've received simply because they said that they wanted to go to the concert. It's just crazy to me. And also... You know, people saying that, oh, Americans, like, you don't even have a right to complain because you guys are so privileged because um, you get 11 concert dates. Uh, don't get me wrong. America is very much privileged. Although also, also keep... Who's really complaining? Yeah. Yeah. Who's really complaining from America? The only thing I will say is that there is a slight caveat because America is a very massive country. And so in order to for some people to attend these concert dates, they do still have to spend a lot of money on traveling because like I said I'm in Maryland and for me to be able to go to the nearest concert which is in New York that is either five or six hours by car or train uh, or train sorry not train um bus um five or six hours by bus in fact it might even be a little bit longer for bus um or I could fly but then that also costs a couple hundred dollars maybe even more depending on how close I buy the tickets and, you know, for uh, something like uh, if I was to go to Chicago, Illinois, there is no way that I can drive there. It takes about 10 hours. And to catch a train there, it takes like 16 hours, which is absolutely ridiculous, by the way. When I saw the times, like I almost died. So like really the only option for me would be flying. And that still, again, costs money. I have to section out time. I have to look for accommodation because I don't know anybody who lives in those cities. And so, like, there are definitely people who still, even in America, struggle to get to BTS concerts. Like, for example, like, 
to drive from the UK to France or to take a train from the UK to France would be like, what, an hour and a half, two hours maybe? But if I drive for an hour and a half or two hours in Maryland, guess where I'd end up? Still Maryland, because this place is freaking massive. So it's like, there are definitely people who even in America still can't be able to go because of travel costs. And also because like, for example, there's um, an army I know who is disabled and so can't really do the far distances because it's just not possible for them. And so for them, like they can only really go to a concert if it's in their city. And for us, you know, we almost got that DC tour date back in 2020 we were so close dmv armies we almost had it but then obviously because of covid that got canceled and i had a ticket for fedex field i was so upset um but you know life goes on at this point in time and so if i were not included in this concert list then there will be other times i'm not banking on like my entire life i'm not like banking all of my emotions on like this one tour because i just know that there's going to be more so i am not even going to stress about it because i know for a fact that if bts decide to do another tour my city is likely going to be included and i think that's really the crux of the issue the fact that there are a lot of people who are upset now but it's like if bts is to announce a tour tomorrow like i know for a fact that there's going to be a concert in your continent. So I don't know. I just feel like some people just definitely need to relax. If you can't see him, it is not the end of the world. It does not mean that you're any less of an army. Again, there are people who've been army for years who have never been to a concert in their entire life. And guess what? That doesn't dampen their standing experience. And I don't think that it should for you. You should. You can be upset about it, but I don't think that that is what should dictate how you lead your standing experience is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. I I think uh, the main lesson is life goes on. Look, there's going to be so many other BTS concerts. BTS is not going anywhere. And I think that's why so many armies are just so stressed all the time. um, Because everyone, we're, we're in a era of uncertainty. But listen, when BTS reconvene in 2025 and they release new music, uh, they're definitely going on a tour, like 100%. So I think right now everyone should just, you know, save money for when the tour stops in their country are, are eventually announced. Um, and if there is, if you are from a country that unfortunately has never gotten a date, you know, that that is unfortunate. And I really do hope, you know, in the future we start to see hopefully more um, South American dates, hopefully um, South Asian dates, and also, you know, hopefully um, dates for African armies too. But like Daisy said, it's even hard for like, Western artists don't even um, come to African countries that much either. So it's it's quite it's quite unfortunate. Um, And I think that we really can't keep having this discourse for every single tour that is going to be announced if the other members also want to do a solo tour. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we just need to manage our expectations 
And we can still hope for better, but I feel like a lot of people just really did not set their expectations correctly. And I'm not saying this to African armies because a lot of African armies, they're like, we knew that they weren't going to show up in Africa for this tour. So like, it's nothing that we didn't expect. But for European armies, man, some of them need to manage their expectations. It's fine if you're upset that they didn't come. But all of this talk about, oh, Hive can't treat us this way. And it's like, treat you like what? You've been constantly included. So just going out of your way to lie and make up things and to try and make yourself seem like you're in the same boat as armies who have gotten nothing. Let's not do that. And also... Just because, like I said, just because he's not coming to your ends right now, that doesn't mean that it is, like, it doesn't mean that we need to fill the timeline with so much negativity. I feel like that's something that's definitely started becoming a problem since the members have started dropping solo work. I feel like the weeks leading up to important events have just been filled with so much more negativity these days that at this point, sometimes I don't even bother reading the timeline anymore. Like it just gets to a point where it's just so irritating to see so many people just finding the first thing to complain about when we could just be celebrating the fact that this event is happening and that he decided to do this because he could have decided not to do a concert at all whatsoever. I mean, the other members who have dropped albums and other solo work haven't. Um, yeah, sure, Jin was able to get um, a concert performance with Coldplay, but RM didn't have a tour. Jin didn't have a tour. J-Hope didn't have a tour. And we don't even know if anyone else from BTS is going to have a tour after Yoongi. So it's like the fact that he's gone out of his way to do this, even though he's on a time crunch. And that's one thing also that people haven't really considered the fact that literally Yoongi has only until the end of this year to be able to do this. And then after that, he has to enlist. So it's not like he can even do as many dates as he would like to. He like he likely has to, you know, pick and choose where are the biggest places that he can do performances and then just do those. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it's going to have to be. But that also doesn't mean that this is the only time that we're ever going to get him performing his solo work. Maybe when he comes out of the military, he can do some extra performances. I mean, even Namjoon is, seems like he's trying to plan for something to come out while he's enlisted. But like, bottom line is that there is always going to be other opportunities to either go to a BTS concert in person or watch it through a live stream. And I think that people shouldn't just like immediately go to catastrophic ways of thinking simply because like certain countries weren't included this one particular time exactly and so i i just hope um as we wrap you know this conversation up all in all what we really want to say is go to the tour if you enjoy yungi's music um if you haven't had time to really um, digest his albums yet. You've got time before the pre-sale to do that, um, for sure. And so you should definitely take the time now um, to deep dive into his albums if you haven't yet had the opportunity to, opportunity to do that, because he does deserve people that will be there to actually you know, sing back his lyrics. You know, we are not going 
to have, you know, a TikTok concert moment where, you know, an artist puts their microphone to the audience to have them sing back and is met with silence because that's embarrassing. Um, and don't be hateful to armies who haven't done anything. Just because you're unhappy, you can't go to the concert, okay? Like, I... I need people to just absolutely relax and stop assuming that um, the people that are getting upset at this European army discourse, I see the assumption that like a lot of them, that like European armies are assuming the people mad at them are all Americans um, and just completely silencing South Asian, African, and Latin American armies. Like that it's it's quite um ironic how um people are just being so self-centered over this concert tour discourse and people need to just realize life goes on as daisy put it earlier and so let's just hope this tour goes good and that you know we appreciate the music and the performances that yuki's going to give to us Yep, that's all we need to do. So, I guess uh, to conclude this, stream August D, stream D2, and whatever his third album is going to be called, stream that too, and get ready for his tour. If you're able to go, make sure you buy tickets and make sure that whenever you guys decide to attend that concert, that you give Yungi the same energy that he's giving y'all. Make sure you guys support him. And pretty much that's all we need to do as armies. We just need to support in any way that we can. And for some people, it's unfortunate that they're not able to attend that concert, but I think that we should not direct any of that anger towards the concert goers. And I think that we should just channel it into something a little bit more positive and productive instead of filling the timeline with so much negativity that like you can't even see anyone be happy about the concert anymore. I don't think that's the type of energy that we want in the weeks leading up to this. And I hope that we can all just be a little bit more tolerant and understanding of each other. That's literally all I want from this. But yeah, I think that pretty much concludes all that we needed to say. So if you got to the end of this episode, thank you for listening. And uh, we hope to see you again in the next one. Yep, stay tuned for the next episode that's going to come out. Um, we've got some exciting things planned for everyone. Um, and also, we kind of forget to always plug ourselves, but you can always follow us on Twitter if you don't already follow us on there. But um, if you follow us on Twitter at studio underscore 090713, you can um, follow us there. We also have our Discord that's open that people can come join. Everyone's kind of scared to talk in it, but me and Daisy are going to keep catching Pokemon in the Discord server with or without you guys. <laughs> so um, you can come hang there. And with that, uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye for now.